Welcome back to They Talk Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Elle Sanger. This is the Silver Sexuality and Sex Work episode. We're going to speak to an elder provider and playwright. Sharla Hathaway became a whore at 54, and she's going to share some things she's learned about life and sex, and I am so excited to be here. I'm your host, Elle Stanger. Thank you for rating or reviewing this podcast on your listening app. We love a five-star rating when we can snag one. So, hi, Sharla. Welcome. Thank you, Elle. Great to be here. I think I'm one of those silver folks. (laughs) You (laughs) just might be. Um, I'm realizing you might be our eldest guest we've had so far. I am 75. Okay. Okay. I get the prize. I think you do get the prize. Yeah. I love, um, so I love speaking with sex workers and people in the fields, you know, and you do too, obviously that's why we're here. And I realize I speak most regularly with people between the ages of their twenties and their upper sixties. So quite a range. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm, we have a pretty broad age audience here too. So I can't wait to dive in and see what we can, uh, uncover because there's stuff, you know, now that I'm sure you didn't know in your twenties, your thirties, you know, right. Yeah, absolutely. Some things that you just got to wait for a while for that toe curling sex. And it doesn't always come right away, but, but when you get to uh, seniorize it and become the mature sensualist, I'm called the sexual fairy godmother or the passionate fairy godmother. And I love that position. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you wear the crown well. So who are you and what are your backgrounds? Well, you know, I was a pretty regular person, just taught the violin and worked in the school system and, you know, wrote for the newspaper. And my gosh, um, about 50, I got divorced and I wondered, what the heck am I going to do? I didn't want to teach violin anymore, be president of the League of Women Voters. I went to Austin, Texas from Steamboat Springs, Colorado and answered an ad, be an amazing escort of Austin, earn $5,000 a week. Oh my God. I was 54 years old. Oh my goodness. Um, and so math, math. So this was late nineties. Uh, yeah, this is 2003. 2003. Actually. Okay. Wow. Okay. So first of all, what a way to jump off. I'm excited already. Um, because it's really true. Like you can start over your life, right? Whenever it calls to you, whenever it makes sense. Yes, you know, I realized I'd always like been a belly dancer or really enjoyed theater and read lots of books about sex. Um, But this was a kind of, I took a marriage sabbatical. I took a year off from my marriage. I said, honey, this break is going to be good for us. I'm leaving this little snowy town of Steamboat Springs. I'm going to go to warm Austin, Texas, and I'll be truthful with you if you want to know. There I experienced a sexual renaissance. So I was going to ask, do you have any specialized areas of training or focus? It sounds like you're definitely a creative and a teacher. Yeah, well, when I dipped into this, I had no idea what I was doing. There was no camaraderie. There was no podcast like this, okay? And I felt very alone, but I just didn't, I wanted something new. And I saw this ad and I thought, 
you know, I'm 54. I'll listen to my body. I'll trust that. I'll mm -hmm. go one day at a time. I got to have a prostitute's interview and I got to ask all the questions I wanted to over the guy who ran the escort service. So was he the booking guy, the manager? What was his title? Who knows? Yeah. I met him in my little, you know, Victoria's Secret dress at the Upper Crust Bakery. And we ended up talking two hours about oh, wow. sex. I wanted to meet some of the girls so I could feel more comfortable. And well, he didn't know if I was an informant or what. So, oh, course, wow. You know, until I actually saw a client, I lied about my age for the first time in my life, said 44, not 54. <laughs> you he said he might not even know if I would be successful. And I said, don't worry about that. <laughs> I, you know, and this is why, this is one of the reasons why I hate it when I hear it from my peers where they're like, I'm old. And I'm like, first of all, we're middle-aged. Okay. And there's so much <laughs> like, really do the math. We're middle-aged and I don't want to hear that shit. And there's so much more to look forward to if we just frame it correctly. Absolutely. I feel at 54 L I was finally kind of ready to take on this, you know, kind of thing on my own terms. And I, mm -hmm. I didn't even have intercourse that often. I was only a prostitute for a few months, mm -hmm. uh, seeing what, four or five clients, but I taught them how to breathe, slow down. I would take a half an hour to undress them. Then they could undress me. I put on a blindfold. <gasps> no more slowly, please. I want to feel the fabric mm -hmm. fall off my shoulders. <laughs> and then by the the end, there'd be like 15 minutes of the hour left. Right. I decided I was going to fuck them before they fucked me. There you go. Put on a glove, a little lube. And I said, may I play with your sweet little rosebud of an asshole? No way. If it's pink, it's made to be touched. <laughs> and then, you know, just with love and care, I turned the tables. I took the initiative to actually finger them instead of the other way around mm. teach them the vulnerability of penetration the vulnerability of being done to of receiving and in that way i thought i was teaching them to become a better lover yeah and, yeah. and contributing to world peace right <laughs> i'm totally at a time See, again, folks, I've said if you want to be better at penetrating, you need to understand what it's like to receive. Like, you'll just be more empathetic. Mm -hmm. So how often with you taking control in that way, did that actually work to completion? Was I mean, I imagine there were some guys that were like, actually, I'm not really into my butt being touched. Or how did that go? You know, there never was. And I'll tell no you. No way. I took the upper hand as the healer as the as the person who knew as the person who was in control and i would ask in such a jamira way and i would penetrate el so carefully just the way we would want to be treated right mm -hmm. and i think i do think we've learned a lot about consent i believe i probably did it again some of there's consent and i might have gotten some bad reviews someplace but it didn't last that long as a prostitute to have to deal too much with that I just took the upper hand and they just followed. Wow. It's really true. A lot of us just want to be taken care of 
or just kind of relax into someone else's, you know, care or guidance. Wow. That's amazing. You're blowing people's minds right now. Um, I tell the new girls, not the same, but with lap dances with strippers, like if you feel like your customer is starting to get too handsy or touch you in ways you don't like, you honestly just have to be the one to drive and getting in the driver's seat can be really like daunting where for me, it's just something like taking both of their hands very slowly and calmly and firmly and saying, I'm in charge. I just want you to relax, you know, something like that. And then, yeah, you know, Elle, I would take their hands step just on them and maybe just put their hand down on their knee without even saying anything. say, this is for you to receive. <gasps> Don't be busy trying to do anything else. You get it all from me. Don't interrupt me. Let me show you. The age range. Did you have like a sweet spot for clients? No, I loved every opportunity that showed up at my door mm. to go one baby step deeper into who we both are. And I had a wonderful teacher from a body electric, Joseph Kramer. I got my certified uh, sexological body work from him. He left me with the idea you're either both healing or no one is. Ooh. I am taking my ability to know who I am, to trust my own instincts, my own rhythm, my own fastness and slowness, and and to practice it. I mean, those clients are, damn it, they're practice, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the willing hamsters, um, it sounds like you had an awareness for your processes. And it sounds like now as you reflect, maybe you would have done some things a little differently. You said you maybe pushed on some consent, but you'll never know. Yes, I, I think number one, I, I arrived at it with a, a mature body post menopausal 54 years old, mm. I'm not going to get fucked too soon, too hard, too long, or for too often. Mm -hmm. I'm taking care of my health, I want to live for a long time. Mm -hmm. And um, so maybe some of the younger women feel a little different than that, but I, that was my rallying cry. Mm -hmm. And that was my first allegiance to my body. Now, I think in consent, I've learned a lot from the Betty Martin in her work on, you know, how to give and receive. And um, I, I'm sure that, you know, do I, can I play with your little asshole is more coercion than it is a question. But I know it is for their benefit and my benefit. And that is the way that session is going to go. Mm -hmm. So on language, I'm curious. So we see over generations, language and terms evolve and change and preferred terms. So there is definitely there's a movement of solidarity against some sex workers and allies to only use the term sex workers and to never use the term prostitute. However, there's also sex workers who do prostitution work and I have dabbled so I don't identify as a prostitute um, but who people use the term loudly and proudly because they're like no I want to be very specific about the work I do because it's not a lap dance and it's not webcam it is in person it may be illegal um, there are specific risks you know I get to carry that flag so I just wanted to point that out that what I I'm fine with whatever terminology you want to use because it's for yourself and you are doing the work but uh, do you have any thoughts on any of that language or terms? 
That's a great point, Elle, because I have loved the fact that the word sex work has come in for me. I've recognized it about five, seven years. Mm -hmm. And to me, it feels like a big, beautiful umbrella. Okay, are you teaching breath work? Are you teaching cuddling? Are you a pole dancer? Are you full service? Are you a what? Hey, man, we're all using this erotic energy. We're attracted to it for some reason. Usually it's because we want to heal ourselves and we want to learn and it's exciting and it's wonderful. We need money too. It was a, and money. And we and, need money. <laughs> I mean, you can go ahead and volunteer in your kid's school. You know, you have the time. And and so I love the the term sex work, and I feel a real solidarity towards that. Um, I I got a I got this new play. It's called Naked at My Age. I just wrote it three years ago, and I'm performing it on stage. I took it on tour to Australia, New Zealand. It's great. It's it's about becoming a sex worker, and. Um, I, I, I sing a song in it, be a whore at 54. And I <laughs> went to a prostitute's interview. So those are more for my, you know, my generation and my time. Mm -hmm. And I don't really, I would like to demystify words like the word cunt, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes mm -hmm. pussy just isn't enough. <laughs> self, you know, and I don't know, I heard that cunt means holy will. Now, whether it really does or not, I've adopted that. And um, so the words we use are powerful, they're important, and I want to claim them. And um, yeah, it's, 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 it's not, a, you know, the candy-coated escort. It is, mm -hmm. I have been a prostitute, mm -hmm. and I have been a whore, and I would like to, that has made me what I am today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That I love has that. such a rich weave. Mm -hmm. and such a, a, a window into human nature. I'm so proud of the way healthily I've used my body to help other people learn about their bodies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a true, uh, it's a true superpower with big responsibility. Uh, I want to make a Spider-Man joke with great power comes great responsibility. We are definitely going to talk more about your show towards the end of this episode. So what kinds of work do you do at this exact time? You're performing your show. Yes, I am. <clears throat> I wrote it. It has won quite few, a few awards here in Portland. I was invited to both national radio in Australia and New Zealand and featured in some of their major papers. They have decriminalized sex there 20 years ago. So somebody like me is just, you know, from a country that unfortunately needs to catch up and doesn't quite understand, but I've gone all the way down there. They, they appreciated me. And so my new thing of not seeing clients anymore, because I moved to Portland, Oregon, where my son yeah. was, just, I'm ready not to see clients, did that, done that, teach classes, whatever, for 20 years. Mm -hmm. Now I'm stepping onto the stage with the story that, that, that brings a positive view of sex work, that lets us see the surprises, the empowerment that comes from following joy and pleasure in your life and being a woman, being able to do that and to continue that into her 70s, mm -hmm. um, I think is an important niche. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And I do get people asking me all the time and it, this is going to sound outrageous in this context, but I have people DMing me like I'm 26, I'm 34. Is it too late for me? I'm like, Oh no, honey. I mean, 
it, like you might be too old for someone somewhere. And let's be honest, you might be, quote, too old for a lot of booking agents because they book young on purpose for for several reasons. Um, one, because they believe that that's what everyone wants, which is not the case. And two, because you can work uh, younger people harder for for less pay and less good treatment usually. And that's what happens. And also it's um, kind of practical because if you find a good entertainer that can work for you, they can work for a long time. I worked 11 years at my at my mainstay club. Um, but but people like and are attracted to bodies of all ages. And some people definitely prefer someone their age or older than them. Always going to be somebody a little bit older or a little bit younger who you have the gifts for and the gifts of generations that, that one generation can give another that wisdom, that repository um, and, and, and the youthfulness that I can enjoy in some of my clients. You know, <laughs> when, I, when, when I did become a sex worker prostitute at age, say, uh, 55-ish, I thought, oh, my God. You know, I got to work hard for five years because it's over with by the time you're 60. I found in my 20 year history of seeing hundreds and hundreds of clients, wow. I became more and more worth it. Mm. I earned more and more money per hour. I had deeper wisdom to share. I had more deeply satisfying experiences with with my clients the clientele grew more from just men to men and women to hmm. women to teaching different kinds of classes as well as individual sessions mm -hmm. i had my own spurt of of opening and you know i i could easily see clients now at 75 a matter mm -hmm. of fact I do on zoom and i get so i would tell those youngsters <laughs> Dad, you have it all have to have it all solved today and you do have time and sometimes that is the only thing time mm -hmm. that's going to do it for you mm -hmm. so you sit back and gather your experience and and take a little book and remember to write down those beautiful things that clients say after a session i have that appreciation book and and know that what you can give now if you continue your own life to explore and deepen your other things about family and community and being a neighbor and being a friend our lives will all become richer as yes. we age mm -hmm, certainly you mentioned uh body electric training yeah he founded body electric mainly for men in the 80s that were dying because they were touching each other so he taught them in classes how to touch each other and save their lives we're talking you know, about hiv here yeah so that you're not doing fluid exchange right. mm -hmm. and so that's the beginning of body electric they eventually expanded a little bit into couples classes and women's and then uh, i was in the second class of certified sexological body workers from his uh the institute for the advanced study of human sexuality in san francisco mm -hmm. that would actually be certified by the state of california to be able to use erotic touch and to heal and make people feel more comfortable and learn about living and enjoying their own skin that's so cool wonderful train with him wonderful teacher and and i was looking for certification right some kind of training uh some kind of sort of certification to hang on top of my massage table you know behind my massage table mm -hmm. so um he really he was found it yeah that's great 
Um, so what kinds of feedback do you receive? You mentioned the appreciation book. And before we started recording, Sharla, you, uh, so we're on video here and, uh, you, you mentioned my tattoos, uh, and you asked where they, where they went. And I said, Oh, you can, it makes more sense when I'm naked. You can see what's actually happening. <laughs> um, but I, I had an escort client, man. He was actually my very first. It's funny. He didn't know this, but I knew this. Um, cause you know, fake it till you make it right. <laughs> I was like, I'll just act like I know what I'm doing. Um, but he said something, uh, in an email, a follow-up email about how, even though he didn't have any tattoos himself, that mine had like made an impression on his soul or something sweet like that. Yeah. So, uh, so what kind of feedback do you receive from folks, from clients? You know, Elle, I think the favorite part of, uh, of my sessions almost, they're usually an hour and a half and they, they gravitate around erotic massage where again, he learns just to receive. He's, I'm, I'm even partially dressed. His hands aren't on my body. Um, they're not busy distracting from his ability to breathe and take in the experience. And he agrees before he gets on the table that if, ejaculation happens, that's fine. If it doesn't, it's fine. It's not that I'm not going to be goal oriented. I'm not going to get right. tennis in order to earn my $300 or whatever, that he has mm -hmm. to agree whatever. And usually if they need to ejaculate, they will. And if they're overdoing it and used to too hard of touch or whatever, they might not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the feedback I get, well, I always have a little two minute share back uh, right at the end after they've gotten dressed and are ready to say goodbye. Um, how, what did you notice? What was that like for you? And I always take the first share back so I can kind of model. You know, I noticed her breathing and that I, my hands were leading me and that when we lit our attention candle that I said to invite my child out to play, I felt it really, especially when I was, you know, there on your body or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I hear from my clients, this is probably the feedback I get. I've never breathed at the same time I got touched like that. Mm. I never realized how important breathing is. Well, I I really let go and I mean, did I even come? I don't even know. So those wow. kind of things where they would just tell me that now they they just really kind of lost their sense of fear or shame or they've opened up and understood that they can feel more in their body. Mm. So I would have to say that the share backs for my clients and oftentimes we'll end with a kind of like yoga. I'll just, I'll put my hands like in prayer to my chest and they'll just do it. They'll just follow. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you're in that place of you of deep breath mm -hmm. and enjoying your body and open to whatever comes mm -hmm. and I'm in that place, then we're in the same place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. True gratitude. Like a prayer of gratitude. I do that. I do that pose actually quite a bit with my clients too. I use that to end uh, lap dance sessions or sometimes stage. I'll kind of give a little like little naked, yeah. little naked bow. Uh, yeah. yeah. People seem to understand what that means. So it's bringing the spirit into it, isn't it, Elle? It's saying, you know, we're, we're just the little, little, I guess, alive tokens of, of, of this whole erotic stream. I mean, why are there 7 billion people on this planet? Eight now, 8 billion Eight now. Is, Jesus, it's just this erotic <laughs> power that you feel, you know, from kids and adolescents through. It's just, it's what we're made of. Mm 
-hmm. and is to appreciate that we're just acting out a little scenario of that huge monumental movement. Mm -hmm. It's really, it sounds yucky and it's not, um, I want to be really careful about like the, the, the conversation of like inner children and then like sexual energy. But it's so true that like I have referred to my problematic, annoying clients as they act like horny children, like imagine children, but horny and drunk. That's how some, you know, it's just like impulse behavior, no filter, um, antagonizing, very tactile. So and being a parent makes me think of children. Um, but on the other side, there is some deep wholesomeness and almost innocence that is almost childlike in wonder that we do witness from our clients too. And I don't know how else to relay that. Oh, yes. It, right? it, it, it is what it is. Right. It, I think sex can bring out that innocent part of us, that, that part of wonder, uh, the part where we follow desires and not know right, right where it goes. And, and if we trust our desires as our <laughs> intelligence you know, mm -hmm. and, and let them, let them weave that wonder into our life and trust that part of us. Mm -hmm. And it's, it has the innocence and the vivaciousness of a child. Mm -hmm. So let's take uh, real quick. So I have some listener feedback. This will be pretty brief, actually. So I asked my audience on Instagram at stripper writer. That's where you can find me. Have you ever wanted to work in sexuality, but you haven't? What is stopping you? Um, we got actually very predictable responses. Uh, someone says, I think I waited too long and now my body is not in good enough shape. Well, people like all bodies. Uh, someone else says, I don't know where to start. Uh, someone else says, I'm afraid of dealing with potential rejection from family or friends or future partners. That's very real. That's actually very real. Can we pause on that one? Charlotte, how did that go in your personal life? You were already a well-established, probably independent adult. And you explained how you explained to your spouse at the time, the hiatus from your marriage. So otherwise, did you or do you experience any backlash from people? Oh, my God. Il. I think anybody working in sexuality has to deal with that that stigma and the isolation that comes from the heat with being in the kitchen. And um, I'm very lucky because I had wonderful parents who actually I could be fairly truthful with. And I even came to some of my intimacy classes and the front row of my first, you know, performance and and ex accepted me. Uh, my sisters, I have four of them and none of them do. They really all judge me. And oh, wow. About their work, but we can't really talk about my work. My work is just off limits. Wow. Um, I. So, you know, I've had I've had to be in, in the family that way. And with my son, he, he he knows what I do. And he helped me publish my first website when I got out of escorting and really got into being more of an educator. But there's still I have just the one child. He um, hasn't been to my play yet. And I think he's afraid in some ways that maybe it will interfere with his me being a grandma and with what his wife, his wife doesn't know about the little prostitution part. Oh, I'm just this wonderful author of two books and purveyor of workshops and now a new play, um, but not the nitty gritty. Mm. And so it, it's tough. How much do we say? And maybe, maybe right. sayings, everything is okay. Right. Okay. So, and that is very good uh, food for thought. So 
folks. Thank you for your feedback to they talk sex at protonmail.com. We're going to take a break. Check out charlahathaway.com and you can contact her. Don't waste her time. Charlotte at charlahathaway.com. She also has a patreon.com forward slash charlahathaway. How would you describe that again? Oh, I have a wonderful site that is just, I do a little couple tasty morsels a month of the mature sensualists, right? How erotica can continue to, you know, in thrive and enliven you and just a little videos, little tidbits, sometimes a little thing about my, what client I've seen, or I might eat a peach naked. (laughs) All kinds of things. Exactly. You know, I've never met anyone who likes sleeping in the wet spot. I'm sure they're out there somewhere, but for everybody else, there's getthelayer.com. It's great for travel, great for sex workers, and webcammers, definitely. Period stains or squirting, great for folks with disability or when you just don't want to leave a wet spot. Use code L for 10% off and a portion of proceeds is donated to the Trevor Project. That's getthelayer.com. Welcome back to They Talk Sex podcast. This is the Silver Sexuality and Sex Work episode. Our guest, Charlotte Hathaway, is going to do some listener questions with me. So they don't tell you that you keep getting zits as an adult. (laughs) I'm like, when is this done? Oh, great. I have wrinkles, silver hair, and zits. Do they come with your period? Yes. But also other just in general, you know, you get the close up mirror and you're like, wow, it's like a landscape of the moon. Yeah, better throw that away now. <laughs> <laughs> so, OK, listener question one, uh, Charlotte, can you give some examples on how you've adapted your sexual practices or preferences or work based on body changes you experienced, such as menopause, weight gain, dryness, et cetera? I feel Very like a good. woman wrote this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Sex as you age. I get asked this a lot. Uh, Does it get better or does it get worse? And you know what? A lot of it depends on how your whole life goes. Because what? Sex is just a part of it. Does it get better because you have really looked at and worked at relationships and how to get along with family, friends, and people or whatever? So, but your body is going to change. Okay. I got a 75-year-old body. You got a few few wrinkles here and there, and breasts don't kind of know. And I have had some weight gain. And um, I'll tell you this though about vaginal dryness. I adopted a policy about twenty years ago. That's my fifties, and I it has worked for me so well. If my panties aren't wet, they don't come off. <laughs> You know, it just is so wonderful. I just make sure I get turned on and I know how to do that with somebody. And, you know, so oftentimes taking the lead, slowing them down, putting their hands where that needs to be, including behind their back, tied up with my invisible rope. That's another story. I always have my invisible rope with me. Oh, and wow. um, so I know who it's about, you know, when the mama's happy, everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. And I have wet panties at 75 and um, I really haven't had to use lube i just use my own time frame wow okay we're definitely fans of lube here but that's pretty i'm surprised to hear but it also makes sense that you're just again time is on your side if you have time to to share 
And you know, intercourse is just like one slice of a pie that's probably divided up into eight pieces. And it becomes less important as you age. And it, it's, it's for guys too. Um, and because their, their body ch is changing too. Erections become less predictable, less hard, less often, whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, actually they probably have harder changes than, than we have. Mm. And it just, it, when intercourse just takes its place as one eighth and that might even be one out of eight times, you know, you're, you're, you're with a person and yet you can just use your creative erotic mind in ways you never thought you could before. Mm -hmm. You get a little bit more brave to get out some clothes and decide to, Hey, you know, um, I'm going to give a style show or I'm going to do a little strip tease or I want you to, and you can't take off your last item to the third song. Okay. <laughs> right, guys right. Must have it. <laughs> it's a stripper trick. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Okay. So, so just being flexible and creative is what I'm hearing is how you've adapted your, your practices, your preferences. Yes. And, um, I've learned to, to tell a man, oh no, I, I don't, my mommy told me, my mother told me never to take my panties off, you know, and I just won't let them come off until it's time. Yeah. I, 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 the, you know, you can be 20 years old and get burned on intercourse sex because huh. you listen huh. to yourself. And so by the time you get, you know, my age, you're just, that's just, that's really history. So you just get to have it your way. And I've noticed from guys and I, and that's guy, I'm with guys a lot that are 10, sometimes 20 years younger, sometimes my own age, if they've taken good care of themselves. Mm. And I just, it's, they have to know what our rhythm is. Mm. A guy will t do 10 cartwheels down my be bedroom, over my bedroom floor, if that's what I really wanted him to do. <laughs> and I just, we have to let them know. And we've been so remiss as women to take the lead and to really be honest and truthful. And I think that's the silver lining of older age. Mm. Women finally stop apologizing for the kind of sex we want. And we start expressing it and asking for it, or not even if asking, just designing it and making sure it happens. And men, on the other hand, they thankfully slow down and mm. it's not so penis oriented and penis centered. Oh, God they, willing. God willing. They, <laughs> Deep in the heart, L, I'd have to say, I think they start really wanting intimacy and really a little bit questioning, what the hell is that? I've had older guys that look me in the eyes and say, finally, because mm. I've slowed down and it takes me so much longer with these erections, I can actually feel my erection. Mm -hmm. I definitely have spent time in a range of having sex with uh let's see early 20s to my oldest client that i was aware of was 64 um so in my personal and work life but i spend a, a good chunk of my time trying to get men of all ages to slow the fuck down so <laughs> but they do seem to get a little bit better uh about it you know we all kind of lose hopefully some of our anxiety after middle age not lose it but learn how to deal with it better manage it communicate if men are left up to their own devices, 
um, you know, I don't know where we got the idea that men are supposed to know and women are supposed to like it, you know, and follow. Oh along. God. Right. But oh. that's just like the general, you know, benchmark written in, in stone and, and, and men are propped up to that where they really know they don't know in their heart of hearts usually, but they just are scared shitless to ask for directions or, or find, find out. Mm -hmm. And if you women just step into that and it can be done sweetly. It can be done with a smile. It can be done with a little wink and a little shake of the ass. But just know, man, if, if, if I'm not having a fabulous time, I'm the one that needs to tweak it. It's not putting on mind reading glasses and having him or hints or having him trying to get it by whatever and then feeling resentment later. That was a status quo for me for too long. Been there, done that, don't need any more practice in that. Mm -hmm. But I do with every man, and I love Tinder dating, and I love dating still. Every man is practice for the next. And I that. always leave them better than I find them. And it's because I make sure I take care of myself. Mm -hmm. I love that. So this brings me nicely to listener question two. Do you have any advice for people in their 20s who feel frustrated and like they'll never figure things out? Take a deep breath. And know you are young and beautiful, so enjoy that. Really enjoy that. Enjoy your flirting. Enjoy the power that that brings in our culture. Aging sometimes is difficult in our culture. Somebody my age is almost supposed to disappear instead mm -hmm. of step up on stage with a, with a show naked at my age and just let it all be. So there is that aspect of, of, of feeling that power. And yet we just don't have the confidence usually that our body can tell us what we want. Mm -hmm. We can feel when our body is being pushed and being rushed. And when, when our mind and our body seems to be in two different places. And, and we, we, we tend to trust our mind and ignore the dumb sister of a body who takes so long to actually speak, so to speak. Mm -hmm. and if we slow ourselves down enough with our breath and our breathing and say, I'm going to listen to my body. We have to have the confidence in those situations to say, oh, not here or not yet mm -hmm. or not, not right now. Mm -hmm. And I don't in. I will let you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how, how could I have been 20 and know what I know now? I just hope you can speed up the learning curve by people like myself. And so you can be where maybe I was when I was getting to teach sex. Maybe you could be there instead of at 60 or 50. Maybe you could be there at 40. Okay, maybe 30. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, don't be pushing your body into things it doesn't want to do. And you listen to your body and you take good care of your body. It's your best friend forever. Mm -hmm. Your Mm -hmm. And that's why we do plays and podcasts so that people have more tools to figure things out. Listener question three, how often do you, Charlotte, think you notice or experience anxiety in your clients or partners? You know, I, I think because of the position I'm at now, um, men kind of defer to me, thank goodness. And I love that. <laughs> you know the, the, and and really my men are are older you know they're they're 50s and 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 60s um 
how how do I deal with what was the question? Deal with the anxiety of my yeah. Partner? How how often do you think you notice that your partners or clients are anxious? Like for me to give an example, I would say ballpark 90, 95% of the time, I feel like the person I'm paired with working or personally um, might feel anxious about what we're doing. And so I, in that, in that position, I usually feel like it's my place to like soothe them, which works for me. But for you, how often do you notice anxiety? Definitely. I think when, when a client comes to us, whether we are lap dancing or pole dancing or full service or erotic massage, whatever, there's a power differential. And it changes because usually the men have the power out there, but within our studio and within our one-on-one -on -one with them, we are the top dog. And they are coming and paying to have some kind of service or, or, or knowledge with us. And so just understanding that differential is important. And I think our job is to make them feel comfortable because if they're not, they're not going to do the learning that really needs to take place. And so a lot has to come back to our own comfort level with ourselves as teachers, as guiders, as somebody who can take somebody's experience and, and maybe not solve all their problems, but take one baby step more towards they're recognizing their own self-acceptance mm -hmm. and their own relationship with their body. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot just from what we have gar uh, garnered and learned in our own life to be at peace with ourselves mm -hmm. and to trust our ability to impart this wonderful erotic energy and knowledge to people who are seeking it who know that it can be something better than what they've experienced and they mm -hmm. don't know what that is yet. And so they come in hopes of, of learning something, of getting one step closer to, you, you know, some, sometimes a man will come, come to me and, and I always sit down at the beginning of the thing like, why are you here? What, what, what would you like to have happen here? What do you, what do you mm -hmm. want to experience maybe that you never had happened before? And, mm -hmm. and well, I want to, I want to have an orgasm and da, 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 da. Well, I know number one, I'm not going to, you know, in my, my thing, I'm not going to be having sex with them and I'm, they're going to have to agree before they get on my table that da, da, da. So I say, well, yeah, what does that orgasm give you? Mm -hmm. What happens with you? Why do you like orgasm so much? And usually the answer, no matter how many, someone wants to, you know, become multi-orgasmic or they want to do this or that, really, and I'll get this from men almost every time, they want to feel connected. They want to feel seen and heard for who they are as an erotic being. They want to be witnessed. They want to be, they want to be in that same connection. And so how do we, as, as the guiders of that experience, steer that connection? So how do they, how do they explain, in what language do they say that they want to be connected? Um, when I'm, I, I, see, I sit down with my clients and we're totally dressed and we're in backjack chairs, butt to butt, heart to heart, head to head. And oh. yeah, I, I, I've got 15 minutes with them where I need to, to really sell the fact that what I want to do for, with them is an erotic massage where they, I got to get at least three agreements. Mm. Number one is that touches in one direction. I touch them. They don't touch me. Mm. That takes so much worry off. Oh my God, that's really. So 
you'll love your job after that. And I get these verbal agreements from all of them. And so I'm being the witch, the pagan witch, the first 15 minutes to get exactly honing in that session, what I need. Mm -hmm. And the second thing I need is I need permission to coach them on their breath. Because if they're not breathing big, their experience isn't big. Hmm. If they're breathing big, they'll think I'm the biggest, wonderful healer or guru they've ever been with. Hmm. And they'll have a big experience. So I get to coach them on breathing. And I believe people have paid me hundreds of dollars an hour, mainly to be a breath coach. Hmm. I wouldn't call myself there or I wouldn't get paid. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I get their permission. And then the third permission is that they're not going to be goal oriented that they will be present to their body and that they will, um, you know, not feel that they have to orgasm. And then I light an intention candle with them. Hmm. They need to hang on to one positive sentence, not a long thing today. Okay. And I give them examples and I'll get intentions and we light a candle to something like I will be attention to my breathing, or I will love my body. I will totally just receive today. Mm -hmm. I will learn something about receiving. Mm. And you see, so I've already packaged it that when I go to touch their body, we know we've got all the question marks zoomed away because bodies don't like surprises. Mm. They actually like to be comfortable with the program. Mm And I have rarely out of literally probably a thousand erotic massages I've done over the years. Mm-hmm. And best has happened. It's rare. One, two percent of the time. Oh, well, I thought I would, would have a happy ending. I go, well, you know, I, I, we kind of agreed that it would be this way. But if you want a happy ending, I just love to watch you. Just mm-hmm. like to see how you do that. <laughs> you jerk off then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is, you know, great. Sure. I'll I'll relax and stretch my hands. Okay. All of that makes sense. I like the intention candle. That's a very spiritual um and yet like structured experience, it sounds like. I think I I can understand why a lot more people will be able to have a good time because they've been given permission to just chill and let you do the yes. stuff. When does a man get an opportunity to receive touch? on his body without the feeling he needs to give to the to the giver Mm -hmm. uh, give back or take care of or make sure or give a a person an orgasm Mm -hmm. they men are so consumed with really actually this giving kind of part they don't even feel their own bodies Mm -hmm. i have to make a lot of money to provide for my family even though it's killing me let's drink about it (laughs) <laughs> and so I think for the yeah. first time in their life, sometimes with, with people like us, they're allowed to be off the hook of being the doer, in charge, initiator. And if we can teach them how to use breath to receive, and then even the asshole is their ultimate receptive tool. I mean, you, you don't thrust with your aft asshole. That's where you're taking it in. So us women are, I mean, that's, a, that's our whole experience. We know that. Mm. And so we get that man to learn to actually appreciate his body as a receptacle and not only his asshole, but his whole skin, his mm-hmm. nipples mm-hmm. and cock, scrotum, mm-hmm. ears, mm-hmm. ears as a way of taking in and mm-hmm. receiving. 
because I don't think you can give anything you can't receive. So if he's there trying to give, give, give to his wife or his girlfriend because, oh my God, you know, I got to give more. This is what it's about. Mm-hmm. He's never actually able to receive. He he can't give a receiving experience until he's received. Mm-hmm. Totally. So we're going to take another break. Everybody, if you haven't already, go to charlahathaway.com. And you're you're here in Portland now? Yes, I am. Yeah. Okay. That's two of us. Uh, I am also in Portland, Oregon and all over the internet. You can find me stripperwriter.com. The website for this podcast is theytalksex.com. See more of my goings on behind the scenes, patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows. This is the silver sexuality and sex work episode. We'll be right back. Chances are, if you are listening to this show, you want to know more about sex and or be better at it. Have you checked out Beducated.com? It's online courses, over a hundred actually. You can learn about penis pleasing, vulva pleasing, dating, anal, kink, tantra, communication, all kinds of stuff. Use code L for 40% off your year subscription. And there's a 14-day money-back guarantee, so you can get a refund if you don't like what you see. So check out Beducated.com. Let me know what you think. Welcome back to They Talk Sex podcast, voted best Portland podcast 2022. And yeah, and they didn't have the category in 2023. So we are undefeated as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Thanks everybody for listening here. Please rate or review us uh, wherever you listen. So we're speaking with Sharla Hathaway and about her silver sexuality and some of her sex work. So there is a delightful review of your show. Let's see. KOAN is local news station. Naked at my age, Charlotte Hathaway's sexual revolution down under. How do you say this word? Septuagenarian sex worker slash intimacy coach rewrites her one woman show after being inspired by New Zealand's decriminalization of prostitution. So you toured Australia and New Zealand and you learned about Dame Catherine Healy, who is the New Zealand sex worker rights activist. Uh, She was knighted. Uh, for getting her for getting sex work decriminalized there 20 years ago. New Zealand is not a perfect example of decriminalization. There is no perfect example. They kind of totally left out immigrants in their inclusion of that. And that's something that needs to be righted. And folks are working on that now. Um, But politics, a lot of times is about compromise. What can we get people to vote on? What can we get the middle ground to agree with? Uh, So that was their compromise. But New Zealand is doing better than America is for absolute positive. And I'm really tickled to see you mentioned our Oregon committee in in the review, the Oregon Sex Workers Committee, of which I am co-president. Wonderful being down there. You know, the, the sex workers that came to my play, because I, I toured with Naked at my age, and actually Catherine Healy introduced me and some Maori sex workers, and she loved my play. It's just a one hour and you can see it on my website. Well, no, that's the older version. I've, I've kind of re, redone it a lot. But uh, it, the sex workers that would come would say, you know, it's wonderful being in New Zealand and Australia where 
it's it's not perfect yet. Sometimes the brothels still have to be in this area, not that area. But I met women who had women run ethical brothels and they didn't have to hide. They felt like they not going to get kicked out of their you know apartments and they have got time to be with their kids. And um, it's we really need to do that here and uh, proceeds of my play. Uh, a lot of it goes to the decriminalization of sex work. And um, I did want to mention that I'm going to be playing again in Portland for you Portland people on the 9th of September Ooh. at the Echo Theater. And I'm probably going to play again in the end of July, but I haven't just got that announced yet. Okay. But it's a romp through um, finding, finding how great sex work can be. Mm, I love that. That's beautiful. Well, it's nice to see a good review of this on KOAN. I wonder if this journalist will cover some story about the future efforts of decriminalization. If so, I hope you, Joseph Gallivan, use proper language and interview actual sex workers because, yeah, we're going to be doing a lot over here in Oregon the next year. I'm going to tell him about this podcast, and he did express interest to me. This He's, he's a good guy on this, and so he's a good contact. Oh, good. Okay. We need those allies in media because all, you know, how important messaging is and all it takes is a biased journalist to completely twist thousands of people's views on something or more. So just a late appreciation that how sex workers are basically the foot soldiers of the human rights and potential and job rights people uh, and how it intersects, you know, poverty and race and gender and everything. And I, I, I kind of worked for 20 years, just a little bit under the radar and stuff and didn't give back much in this way. And I'm so glad now with having a, a one woman show that I can give mm-hmm. back. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm working with some groups to help decriminalize and get that. I, Oh, sex work is consensual and it's adult and it's not this forced entrapment, you know, of, of minors and help people understand that it's mm-hmm. a lot to accomplish still with that communication. Mm-hmm. And to the local police listening, any police, any, any, any law enforcement listening, it's not helpful to arrest would be clients who think they're getting a sexy massage from someone like me or Sharla It does not help trafficking when you're actually just targeting men who are seeking or people who are seeking other adults. Please stop using the anti-trafficking funding to do this. So, Sharla, uh, my question to you, we didn't get to before the break. Is there anything as you reflect you would have done differently that really stands out to you if you could? Oh. In your life or career? Yeah. Um, no, I, I think sometimes it just takes a while for you to get the confidence to step out on limbs and kind of do outrageous things. And, um, I think maybe I, I told my son about my prostitution when he was like in his twenties, because I just radical honesty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that was a little hard, hard for him. And, and maybe not even hearing that and just knowing that I've become the sex uh, teacher would have been easier for him. That might be one regret that I've had. And uh, well, he was an adult. You you never, and you never know how people are going to experience things 
Mm-hmm. So. And it's still ongoing too, because he's 40. And, um, you know, and I'm playing in Portland in his hometown. I got a different last name since he's a son, but, um, mm-hmm. he, and I just, I kind of want to have a conversation with him about that again, Check back in. And, uh, so it, it's, it's a subject that really kind of right, goes right to the heart. Right. For sure. Yeah. Well, I hope for a good evolution with that. And do you welcome, do you have any people that you've been inspired by or recommend? You mentioned Betty Martin earlier and Joe Kramer. Anyone else you can think of? Oh, Annie Sprinkle is always right in my heart, that pleasure activist that she is. And this goes way back, but uh, Margot Nan's book, The Art of Sexual Ecstasy, that got me going on my sexual renaissance in my 50s. But books that just help, you know, open up those exercises that are fun. I think The Ethical Slut, is a wonderful uh, guidance for for people too. Mm-hmm. And any any last books, resources, websites do you recommend or have been helpful to you? Oh no, just keep exploring out there. That the the world changes like you know so fast. It's it, it's wonderful, and and I think there's so many more resources than when I got into sex work 20 years ago. I think there's it's really it's really more our time now, and women we need to tell our stories. We need to be honest about our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very impactful. So, lastly, I ask every guest this: Do you have any last sex tips for our audience besides all the ones you already gave? Ah, self-loving. I'm glad I still love that. You know, my, my mom was 85 years old and we were in a hot tub together. And I asked her, I said, mom, do you still have orgasms? And she, she'd got a vibrator when she went to China, like 40 years ago. And she'd had that vibrator for 40 years. (laughs) You know, Sharla, I discovered if you put that vibrator different places, it feels pretty good. And I enjoy my orgasms now as much as ever. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be able to say the same thing in my my 80s. Our relationship to our bodies, how we can touch them, how they can make us feel, how we can love them and appreciate them for all the the way life works its experience onto the the backs of our hands into the wrinkles of our neck and into the shapes of our body it's our temple and 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 it feels good to share it and share it in ways that we feel confident and sure about and comfortable with and that's our charge to do that nobody decides that for us ourselves Mm, absolutely spoken like the fairy godmother of silver sexuality and sex work thank you so much charlotte for being here folks check her out especially if there's an upcoming show the 9th of september in portland for our local listeners and find me lstanger.com charlotte thank you so much for being here oh l i have to say if you've done 300 like interviews like this over your years of podcasting (laughs) if i got a question about sex i'm going to come to you and ask you okay (laughs) okay (laughs) i'm so happy to learn from my brilliant guests thanks everybody until next time